0: We are Michael Veazey in London, England And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be We're here to get you there For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com
1: Famous Dallas Cowboys coach Tom Landry once said, a coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear, who has you see what you don't want to see, so you can be who you've always known you could be. Now, as e-commerce coaches... And also people who have received coaching, Michael and I both know, of course, we're jaded about this because we do coaching as part of our income for a living. But we know that coaching can lead to huge performance breakthroughs. And so today's topic is a deep dive into how to maximize your use of a coach or mentor in your e-commerce business. Michael, are you ready to jump into this topic? I am.
0: And by the way, I really like the Tom Landry coat. It's kind of tough love. I I like that's kind of my kind of
1: style. I like it. (laughs) Yes. And for the, the Brits there, that is American rules football coach. He was famous for uh, football in, in the US, the Dallas Cowboys. So yeah, a fun, fun quote. And I think it gets to the heart of it, doesn't it? Which is a coach's job is to, you know, address issues that need to be addressed in a way that gets peak performance to occur. And that's the goal of it. And when that's done right, coaches are amazing and awesome and transformational. And of course, when it doesn't happen, it stinks.
0: Otherwise, it's just somebody telling you you what you don't want to hear and asking you to see what you don't want to see, I guess. (laughs) And you don't
1: become who you
0: knew you could be.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Become Dr. Jekyll or whatever and and, uh, don't do well with it. So, yeah. This
0: has got very dark very quickly, man. (laughs) but joking yeah. apart i mean yes i think uh, coaching is i guess people come with high expectations and therefore if it doesn't work sometimes they can be very disappointed and, and that makes sense i, I yeah. think high expectations aren't necessarily a bad thing but i guess today we should explore you know what are good expectations to have mm-hmm. from a coach and, and equally you know what yeah. what are things that you probably shouldn't put on a coach or, or try and get mm-hmm. out of coaching because it can't be an answer to everything although a lot comes out of it for sure
1: yeah yeah. So let me ask you just to tee things up for us. What do you think are the, the first reasons someone should hire a coach or consultant? Why, why should they do it?
0: So a couple of reasons. Well, I think, first of all, if you don't do it, it, it's really hard to see the wood for the trees. It's very hard, particularly if you're a solopreneur and most startups are, if not all, it's sort of mom and pop or small business type startups as opposed to, you know, Silicon Valley funded ones. It's really, really hard to get out of your own head and it's doubly true if you work on an online based business e-commerce by definition the ebit means that you are online and that's really critical so you may be missing two things number one you may be missing a doubt da- a danger because you don't know what you don't know and you also may be sitting on an amazing opportunity that because for you it's easy mm-hmm. you also don't see it you often have a big vision and you may have a lot of experience but putting those together into a longer term arc is often something you can't do and uh, there's a big danger of making plans and not following through that's mm-hmm. the number one thing so there's many reasons why doing stuff on your own doesn't work so the flip side of that is why why you should hire a, a person first of all you can see the business objectively as an asset incredibly important if you want to build it to sell you can see hidden dangers you can see missing opportunities you can really clarify your goals get it out of your head by articulating it to somebody else and then get a plan to get those goals. And then finally, and most importantly, having made plans, which is all very well, you actually implement. And I think for
1: me, those are the main ones. Yeah, no, I love that. I think you're totally right. I think that's really the trick, isn't it, is the implementation piece. And as the Tom Landry quote suggests, the coach sometimes can serve as that accountability to kind of goad you towards what you maybe don't want to be doing, but you know, if you have a, an accountability partner to someone who says, "Did you do your twenty-five push-ups to every day for the last week?" or you know, whatever it is, if it's not e-commerce coaching, or did you send that email? Then, then you know that you've got somebody who's going to help you. And I think the, I think that's the main main trick of it. Let me uh, let me ask you this question. I've got a story to tell, but I just w- I want to hear your perspective on this. Do you think there's a difference between a coach? A consultant and a mentor, those three phrases, or how, are they interchangeable in your mind, or what do you think about the three?
0: Very good question. I, I often feel a bit guilty about this because I, I use the word mentoring in the, the system that I've set up, which I've run for five years now, one-to-one coaching slash mentoring mm-hmm. for beginner uh, beginners in the Amazon private label space. Having said that, I'm a bit ambiguous about the word. And f- for starters, I get a bit careless about, is it the same as coach or consultant? Sometimes I kind of use them interchangeably. Yeah. And then I think, but actually I shouldn't do that because they probably are a bit more different than I make them. So I, I guess, mm-hmm. sp- strictly, strictly speaking, I guess a mentor is somebody who's done what you want to do and just tells you what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, a coach is somebody who kind of encourages you. But having said that, Tom Landry, I presume, had been an American football player and was there for, you know, talking from experience. And then, of course, the whole consultant thing, I suppose it implies more that you're brought in from the outside to look at an existing business. Mm-hmm. Some of that's the flavor for me. But, but I'm not entirely clear-minded about it. So I'm grateful, Freddie, for clarification.
1: What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, as we were th- working through this little, you know, pre-show outline. I, I was starting to ponder this. Here's, here's a framework I think I might suggest. What if, it, what if it's something like this? I think there is some nuance here between the three phrases. To me, a consultant is a very short-term role that's a technical role. They're going to show you how to set something up or set it up for you or, you know, show you a, a technical, you know, skill set, walk you through that. Maybe, so, so maybe the duration there is the shortest in my mind, at like how I think about these. And then maybe a coach is a longer term relationship. Maybe not forever, but you know, there, it could be for, for a long term, for years, uh, you could have a coach. And then m- maybe a mentor is someone who's in a different category altogether. Like so for example, I have somebody in my life who I consider a mentor. We go to breakfast together every Saturday morning. I don't pay him to be my mentor. He's just 15 years older than me and has been a business operator for his, you know, a ad- whole adult cr- life. And so we buy each other breakfast, take turns. I buy, I bought yesterday morning, he <laughs> buys next Saturday. And and it's just sing- simply informal. And, you know, half the time we're not talking about hardcore business. But when we do, I look to him as I think an elder, someone who just has more experience. Some areas I have way more experience. He doesn't know anything about e-commerce stuff, mm-hmm. much at all, but, but finance and, you know, staffing and those kinds of issues, facilities and uh, he's just gotten tons of trade skill and experience, and so so I th- I look uh, at him more like a mentor, and so I think there is nuance there between between the two. I would never I wouldn't consider giving him money for what he does. Whereas yeah. a coach or consultant, it's a contractual relationship. You know that it's a you know it's a it's a paid for position in your life, and so I, I guess that's the nuance I would bring to it. I don't know if that makes sense or not. If that
0: yeah it's interesting i mean i think i was just thinking maybe i should change the word mentoring which i've been considering for years but i think rather than worrying about semantics i I guess the relationship in the end it's a relationship isn't it Mm -hmm. what you're talking about is the the nature of the relationship yeah and the expectations it it, you know what is Mm -hmm. the kind of person how long term is it does money change hands there's an expectation of technical services versus kind of you know mindset stuff versus you know just somebody kind of absorbing some of his experience and yeah. I really like that that the I think the in the end uh, two things strike me one is to be clear in your own mind what it is you're looking for and, and mm-hmm. it's hard to know I guess you need to look out there and mm-hmm. see what the options are and it's it's very confusing I spoke to a guy on Friday I think about you know the, the whole Amazon uh, coaching thing and he said it's so confusing there's so many people claiming so much stuff and I said oh, I totally hear you yeah. you know go away and, and think it through I said I, I can't actually work with you at the moment because I don't think you're clear what it is you're wanting and we talked about yeah. the business model, so we talked about comparing business models on amazon and and of course there's a i I really what i should have done is say go listen to this podcast and then we'll talk in retrospect i thought Mm -hmm. i I wasted an hour talking to this guy when i could have just said go and listen to jason and myself talk about this and actually you should clarify then go and do some homework and then come back in two weeks so Mm -hmm. I guess if you don't know what you're looking for, it's hard to find it. But the other thing that strikes me is this, that what we've been talking about, I don't think there needs to be either or in Jim Collins' phrase. I think it's both. And right, in the end right. you can have people in your life. Like I've got somebody like that, he's a family member who's mm-hmm. who would be insulted if I tried to pay him. It would be a weird relationship mm-hmm. and besides which he, he makes several hundred thousand dollars a year equivalent. I can't I can't pay what he's worth. Yeah. And but yeah. I learn stuff from him and then I pay people for specific things for, for a specific period. And then there are some people I've had for a longer period who've been more sort of holding my hand, but it's also paid relationships. So I think the answer is to
1: have all of them really, um, in in your life, really. And maybe we should do a whole another episode on mentors, because I do think there's a category there. You're right. Like the, the mentors worth having, you couldn't pay them. They're doing it out of the generosity of their heart or just mm-hmm. because they find enjoyment in, you know, the intellectual curiosity of learning with other people or from other people. They're not in the business of high performance coaching or anything like that. So yeah, it's an interesting issue. So Fine, final to
0: put a cap on that, it, this isn't just an abstract idea. I work with a, a very I've got a very enterprising guy who's who's working in, in Europe and he's selling uh, on marketplaces outside of Amazon, so bold.com and other things. Mm-hmm. Doing really he's had a really, really good start and he basically put together a kind of brains trust where I was in there and being paid for my time. He's got his business partner who's got about 10% of the business he's bought in, he's been doing some Excel Wiz sheets, Wiz Wiz stuff so I've been saying, do this, that, and the other with the finance, you know, my obsession with various financial things that are a bit complex. And and then he's brought in his dad, who's invested a bit in the company, and then two other guys who are kind of mentors from different industries, one with a marketing background, one with an M&A background. And actually, it's super powerful. And it was a really positive meeting, and we're going to meet quarterly. So in the end, it can be as practical as literally putting those people in the same room and also having separate conversations.
1: So there you go. It's not just an abstract thought. Yeah, love it. Love it. Okay, so I've got a story to tell you, and so let me share this story, and then it can tee up some further insights. I think when I was in high school, and I think it was a sophomore year, I had this idea to learn to play the guitar, and and there was also a guy who was in high school with me named Norman Norman Hetzel. I'm sure he'll never listen to this podcast, but maybe we'll who knows? But great guy, and he also was going to learn to play the guitar, and so there we were, sophomore year, and so I knew somebody through my church who did guitar lessons. He was like a, you know, a rock guitar guy and it was really good. And he did local lessons at the local music store. So I talked to him. His name's Jim Armstrong. He's a great, great guy. And so I signed up for music lessons. And so on his schedule at the music store down I had rode my bike over there. And then and but then Norman Hetzel, his appearance or I don't know how he knew the connection, but there's uh, famous, famous, famous guitarist uh, Segovia. And then you've heard you've heard the name. Michael, is this right? You know these things. You're like...
0: <laughs> yeah, I know I'm an expert in uh, classical guitar, but yeah, but you Segovia, know these definitely. Yeah, so of course, very famous. Segovia
1: had this student named Christopher Parkening, and Christopher Parkening is also very, very famous in his own right, and is on the West Coast here in California. And I believe it was Christopher Parkening, but this is 30 years ago, so I might have my facts wrong. It was him or one of his students, but I think it was him. But was a classical guitar teacher in San Francisco. And that was about two hours away from where we lived. And so, Norman, as I recall, would go every weekend to to San Francisco and get lessons from this, you know, this famous maestro guitarist guy. And so, you know, life goes on and I had done my lessons and Jim was really, really good and he was cool. But you know how it was like, three months in, four months in, five months in. I'm like, a, a G chord is kind of hard to get your hands right on the guitar. And I can't do any, you know, anything that's, I can't do bar chords or anything like that. It's just, you know, open chords. And then we do this thing at our school, this Renaissance Fair. And the Renaissance Fair kicks off and I see on the on the sheet of you know the, the the events norman hetzel such and such song classical guitar and so he gets out on the stage for the renaissance fair and he just starts going man i mean he is just like on fire crushing on the guitar and i was like what in the world is happening right now i like i could barely do like you know a, a simple little song and he is just rocking the entire school with this you know classical song on the guitar and and i always look back on that and i think what was the process by which in 3 months time or whatever it was 5 months time he went from zero to on stage everyone looking at like wow norman is amazing and the process by which i went from zero to only knowing two or three chords in three to five months time. And and I and of course, the element involved is he found a teacher that was world class. And it's I'm not saying that the instructional content was maybe different. Maybe it wasn't. But maybe the act that of him having to go to San Francisco for, you know, a two-hour drive every weekend and the stature of the guy and how much it cost yeah. and all of the elements involved in that escalating the, the the kind of you know intensity of what was happening was a radical departure from my outcome interesting and, uh, i think yeah.
0: you've raised you've raised a couple of points which is kind of at the heart of this thing And it's, it's ironic that you're the one talking about music lessons as a an example i, I knew you'd <laughs>
1: like that one i've studied so
0: many lessons as, as the teacher and, and also the yeah. other side i had a similar thing when i chose a, a teacher to play uh, the piano i was kind of vaguely in the market for a piano teacher a few years ago this one i was already relatively advanced no a professional player but and i heard this guy play i literally didn't even see his face because his back was turned to me as it happened whether this little sort of informal concert hall and i thought wow that's my teacher i want this guy he's a russian guy yeah. and i heard him play after being working with him for a few months and he was just incredible i'm like a full-on Mm-hmm. Piano virtuoso, like yeah. no holds barred, and yeah, I think when you have massive respect for somebody, when you really choose a person that 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 does it for you, and that's a personal chemistry thing, isn't it? Yeah. When you pay good money, when you have to make efforts, like I used to travel two hours to see him as well. It wasn't that geographically far, but it took me two yeah. hours on the trains to see him. Yeah. You know, we'd have tea from a samovar, and he'd sort of regale me with with you know tales of various kind of things around Russia and. It was a whole cultural experience. And, uh, you know, maybe that's kind of a blend of, of a coach and a mentor in a way that we're discussing here, right? And, and I wouldn't purport to be this kind of giant figure in East Commerce. That, that that wouldn't be me if somebody looked for me. But nevertheless, you've got to have a chem- chemistry you, as, as somebody put it the other day and he's in the business of selling coaching but he's very good at it he said but don't buy coaching they buy coaches that they, they want a certain personal connection there's a certain spark that happens it's a it's a relationship in the end isn't it yeah it's very interesting what you say i think that the degree of intensity the respect you have for a teacher the amount of money you've got on the amount of effort you have to put in yeah th- those all it, these are, have a big impact on on the work you do when you get home, which is yeah. where the real learning happens. <laughs> yeah, know? I think that's
1: I think that's probably the biggest takeaway is you put yourself in a situation in which you have to show up, you know, big time. Yeah, because you've made a big deal out of having this coach. Yeah, and you know, I would go to Pete's music store, which was the local music shop with the you know Jim, my music stru- instructor, and. And sometimes I I would forget and I just wouldn't show up and he'd be like hey man where are you and I'm like oh I forgot and sometimes <laughs> I'd get there and there'd be a little post it note on the door hey bro I'm at pizza with everybody come over to you know straw hat pizza <laughs> you know and it's like so some it was just that level of informality and that wasn't yeah. his fault it wasn't my fault it was just the nature of the relationship and. And so I think there's a lot there to think through. Okay, so yeah. hopefully the, I knew that you'd like that story, and uh, <laughs> so the listeners that. can relate. I, I
0: imagine most people have tried to sort of learn to play some music at some point with varying yeah. degrees of success. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's get into the how do we deal with these areas? And you you were saying there were there were sort of a few different areas that you were thinking of that come out of your guitar story as well. So. Yeah. What do you think are the, the sort of areas that, that that coach provided for your friend or, you know, mentor or whatever it is that you didn't get from your teacher?
1: Yeah, I I think there are probably, you know, four or five areas that a really high performance coach brings to the party and and, and creates the context in which you bring to the party. And so I'll just mention them, you know, let's just say there are five things here. The first one is technical skill improvement. And so the technical skill improvement in our world, of course, is e-commerce operation. And, uh, you know, you guys who sell intensively on Amazon and are expert at that, and I watch because Kyle, are, you know, my business partner, is the Amazon expert that works with our coaching clients. And I got to tell you, the level of technical skill set necessary to sell on Amazon is intense, man. And I always watch as the Shopify guy, and I always, and then people are like, "Can, can I do Shopify?" I was like, "Dude, if you can sell on Amazon, you can do Shopify." It's like <laughs> Amazon is like a Swiss Army knife of complexity that you. So anyway, so technical skill improvement is one thing. And, you know, you'd be surprised how many times there are competent sellers, really successful sellers, but they have this huge gap in their knowledge. There's a whole part of something that they've never even heard about or learned about, never poked into this whole area of whatever it is, you know, on Seller Central and Amazon, for example. Hmm. And so that technical skill improvement is like, oh, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that, uh, and that's the first thing. So, I, and I've got five of these. But w- any thoughts on technical skill improvement? Good point yeah, and view. I think that it's a bit more
0: like this, what you were talking about to use a framework uh, that we discussed—the sort of relationship. That's a bit more of a consultancy type relationship, mm-hmm. and I think there's nothing wrong with that either. I yeah. think I've got a kind of relationship with a couple of people. One one is an American guy that I'm talking through with uh, how how he can sell better in Europe and sort of uh, cultural adjustments uh, and the sort of wise and wherefores Americans getting their head around VAT is quite hard mm-hmm. and obviously I'm not in the business of tax advice but I can give them the basics and, and then then put them in touch with somebody who can explain it better yeah so I think that's really important and that, exactly as you said selling on Amazon is so many multi-sided and really complex and very technical that it, there's bound to be mm-hmm. gaps in your armor and I find it relatively easy to help actually it to my surprise recently realize more and more it's easier to help a seven or eight figure amazon seller than it is somebody who's a beginner because a beginner is kind of all over the map with everything <laughs> mm-hmm. whereas uh, somebody who's got really amazing operational ability but is really lousy at doing good listings is actually pretty easy to help because yeah. they've already got cash flow they've already got the difficult bit sorted i think for me and i can help them with a sort of what I think
1: is easier, the, the marketing piece. I think we found that too. Yeah, mm. we, we found it as well, where if there's somebody who has momentum, they have sales velocity and they have their product sorted out, and and uh, but then they still have big gaps. And, yeah. and so that technical skill, and for us, for the context in which Kyle and I coach, we frequently get, Successful Amazon sellers who want to expand into omni channels, so they want to go onto Shopify, or, or maybe they they want to go onto Walmart, and they know that Shopify is you know central to that. So yeah. we so what ends up happening is you have somebody who's very competent technically, just you know crushing it on yeah. Amazon, but then they have very very basic questions about Shopify, mm-hmm. and the common answer is that we give is. Oh, it's easy. Don't stress. Here's how yeah. you do this, but they just don't know. You know, yeah. and so you're just you're learning new skill sets. And a good coach does that. It's like, here's how this new thing works. And and that's important, you know, all of these attributes your coach has to be able to do. So you have to have a coach that actually knows the technical, you know, components of these platforms. And you know, for Kyle and I, it's been fun because he's just insanely expert at Amazon. Hmm. And we've and on my side, I think we've done now two point six or two point seven million transactions through Shopify, wow. and so it's fun to spend time and energy with people on Shopify. So that's the technical skill set piece. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. so, what's your second piece on this? Um, I think business advisory, and I think you could almost even call like an in. We've had coaching clients who have said, "You guys are like an informal board of directors." And and I run a charity as well, So Powerful is Our Charity, and I have a board of directors. And a board of directors is there to give you uh, business advice and serve as a sounding board for hard decisions. And so, there's got to be a level of maturity, a level of just you know years of experience, miles on the odometer, kilometers on the odometer, where you can say, hey, my my coach, yeah, he's done this stuff for a long time. And I asked him about this, and here was his perspective. And you've got to have a coach that you trust, that, that you know, okay, this they've been around the block a lot of times, Yeah, and uh, these hard choices that I'm making are still unique. They're still my decision. They're still yeah. my responsibility to execute on, but at least I have someone that I can ask the hard questions to that I can really talk through the issue with because I think a lot of us as small business owners in the e-commerce space find ourselves making increasingly complex decisions. In a vacuum of you know conversation, we, we just don't have people we can talk to. You can't talk to your employees about some stuff. You can't talk to your family about some of this stuff. And you can end up in a, a situation where you just don't have good input or advice mm-hmm. from wise peers. And, and I think a good coach can really help in that regard.
0: Yeah. And to the point we were making earlier, I suppose I sort of made this point already. Here, so uh, I guess that I, I think the board of advisors, it, it's really the right way to think. To, there's this, There are a few, a few things. I mean, uh, first of all, the Tom Landry coach quote, somebody who tells you what you don't want to hear. A lot of yeah. the time, I think the value I bring to a lot of my clients is simply please don't do this it will lose you a lot of money (laughs) and uh, especially when you're importing a lot of private label stuff from from china ten thousand dollars a pop plus the launch cost plus whatever opportunity cost of not doing something else with that money for a year and whatever you're doing with your time and and beginners don't like that and i find that the more advanced people are like yeah i thought so i just needed to hear that yeah it's very interesting and that comes down to this sort of maturity of the client frankly how willing they are to listen to expert advice and without without either being overly influenced by it and and neglecting their own sort of trust in their own instincts which I guess is developing, but may not be very developed or on the other hand, trying to pass responsibility for everything on to everyone else. And yeah. that that relationship is really tricky, but I think it's essential like to to be the CEO, to surround yourself by expert advisors, not just a coach, mm-hmm. at very least an accountant and a lawyer. Those, those are the minimum. Yeah. And if you're importing from China, a freight forwarder, uh, probably a VAT expert, if you're trying to mm-hmm. sell in, into Europe now, yeah. those are the minimum. That's that's at five. I mean, without talking about photographers and other people who aren't really advisory, but you, you outsource work to so, yeah. you know, that in the end, you're going to end up with more and more people giving you input, which yeah. I think is essential. But you equally need to know what your role is as, as the business owner. And, yeah. and in the end, you, you are free to ignore it once you've digested it. But I think it's silly not to at least ask for it in the first place. Is my take on that.
1: I think there are very few times in our coaching experience, and that Kyle and I would say we've had an ultimatum with somebody where we said, you know, the, the phrase that I f- remember, I don't know why it's, but I think it's Billy Bob Thornton in the movie Armageddon with Bruce Willis, where they're drilling into the middle of the asteroid. But they're not—they're not meeting their goals. They're like they're behind on their goals, yeah. and then the president says, "I'm just going to blow the whole thing up with a nuclear bomb." And then I remember Billy Bob Thor- Thornton says, "I guarantee you, if you push that button, you kill us all." And I remember like that—it's like such a pivotal moment in that movie. There's very few times in a coaching relationship with, where you have to say, "I guarantee you, if you push that button, you kill your business." <laughs> but, But on occasion, occasionally it is. There are those choices where as an outsider, you say to yourself, oh, my gosh, please listen to what I'm saying right now. And sometimes they do. Yeah. And sometimes they don't, because at the end of the day, you're not on the field of the game playing for them. They're they're the ones that are running their business and you just have to give your best advice Mm. uh, with clarity and believe in the best uh, of you know for their own outcome but yeah anyway so that's fun stuff so yeah
0: i i, I hear what you're saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've had conversations like that and yeah you know, nobody has a crystal ball if yeah. you've been around the block enough times yeah. your crystal ball is probably better than somebody who's not but you could in be a particular yeah. area but you could be wrong and that's the yeah. the the mind f you know the yeah. mind bending bit to put it politely right i mean there's no such thing as certainty there's only opinion but some opinions are worth listening to i guess you know and there are quite a few examples in business life of people ignoring their coaches or, or consultants advice but you know i tend to go with probability and i i want high probability of success and if there's a lot of money involved mm-hmm. you want to either a very you know it comes out to the asymmetric risk reward thing right i mean in essence what a good coach or consultant whether it's a lawyer to to include them in that for the moment or a, or a, you know very very technical consultant an engineer perhaps etc then they are there to de-risk things, I think. That doesn't mean that you don't therefore say yes to a project that they are a bit iffy about, Mm -hmm. but at least you have thought it through and you know what the risks are and so you could at least mitigate them uh, in some way. So there you go. Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Ecommerce Leader. So consultants and coaches, obviously sounds like a bit of a self-serving episode because Jason and I do indeed coach and consult. Having said that, we both have our mentors and coaches and consultants that we have and and still have relationships with. And I do think it's an important possible way of moving forward with your business if it's right for you and if it's the right person. So just a quick recap today, why anyone should indeed consider using a coach or a consultant. If you don't do it, you kind of it's impossible to see your business objectively a lot of the time. You may be missing a downside or an opportunity. And of course, you could be above all making wonderful plans, but if you don't have somebody holding you accountable, it's hard to get implementation to be consistent. And I do think, honestly, that's one thing you can't replicate with a mastermind compared to a coach. A coach can give you a lot of things that a mastermind could also give you, but that personal accountability piece and really fine tuning it to your particular situation, kind of impossible to create in any other way, right? Uh, Whether that be a book or a video course or even a mastermind interesting the difference between a coach consultant and a a mentor and uh, in the end i think as we agreed it's not really about getting obsessed with the words so much as thinking about the kind of relationship that you need to move yourself forwards and um, i think that is important to think through and then you know trust your gut when you meet somebody and whether they're the right person for you and then we've talked about the different areas that you could be using to improve your game with with a coach um, technical skills business advisory and a cheerleader warning provider and a confidence builder by understanding a framework or the context that you're operating in which again is hard to do on your own you need to know other businesses other norms of your industry that's kind of hard to do without other things in your life like a coach and i would also say a mastermind so uh, since Jason and i do often coaching Let's keep it simple. Uh, If you want to work with Jason, who works with his business partner, Kyle, so they can cover both the Shopify and Amazon side, as well as the broader picture of e-commerce. They have a six-month program. That's $2,000 a month. And that's at winningonshopify.com. And uh, it's application only. They also have the CEO mastermind that meets each other weekly. And from my side, we have amazingfba.com forward slash mentoring. That's a one to one program that's been running for five years now. Somewhat less expensive than, than Jason and Kyle's program. But I'm also not in the business of cheap coaching because I don't think it serves the client in the end either. Because if you don't commit, you're not going to get much out of it. And therefore, kind of as we discussed, really, it's going to be all in or nothing. I think, really, that kind of relationship. I've also been running a mastermind for seven-figure sellers, six, seven, and in a couple of cases, eight-figure sellers called the... 10K Collective, of course, and that's at the AmazonMastermind.com. So, if you want to check any of those things out, obviously, if you're looking for somebody with the Shopify expertise, there's no question that Jason is the man of the hour. Sometimes we get people who come from both sides of the pond. So, Jason has British British clients, and I've had American clients. But it's fair to say that time zones can come into it if you're wanting to get coaching. So, in the end, you just got to choose the person that makes the most sense for you. If uh, that's either of us. We'd be honoured to work with you. But much more broadly, I think it's good to think this stuff through. I mean, to neither throw the baby out with the bathwater, as as the saying goes, and assume that all people in the e-commerce space are, are sort of charlatans or worthless. But equally, not to be sort of too naive either. And I think there's a middle ground, which in which you will find some really helpful, useful people that will help you move your business forward. Anyway, good luck with your search. And if we can help, do get in touch. Otherwise, please don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you get uh, updates each week into your um, podcast inbox effectively. And uh, also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a rating or review. That would be incredibly kind. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.TheEcommerceLeader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.